This is episode 36 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast, and I'm Mike Thompson. Welcome to today's episode. The Lord has been dealing with me since early in December about things that are happening in the spiritual realm and will be manifesting in the natural realm very soon. I would encourage you to go back to the episode entitled, What Did the Lord Say About Two Months of Refreshing? that I posted on December 10th. In that, I talked about how the Lord had appeared to me, spoken to me, and said that December and January were going to be months of times of refreshing, of intimacy with Him, and that He was really calling us into a place to where we could reconnect with Him and that He would begin to reveal to us things that had been holding us back, uh, strongholds that were building in our lives. He talked to me about how that He was giving us keys to break those strongholds and to obtain wisdom in going forward in the future. And that at the end of the two months, that would be right around February, he said, come February, there will be a launch. So today I want to talk to you a little bit more about that launch. Recently, I asked the Lord three main questions. And so I would like to pay a clip from last Sunday's sermon that explains what those three questions were and what Jesus's answers were concerning them. So please listen to the clip, and I'll come back on the other side. So then, what were the three questions I asked the Lord yesterday? Number one, why launch in February? Why not January? I mean, wouldn't that make sense? I mean, here, we're coming to the end of the year, man. I mean, for a lot of us, you know, we stayed up on December 31st and rung in the new year and ministries all over. We're having watch night services and there were all kinds of things that were going on. And man, we're ready. January 1, we've, we've been trained in the natural realm. And there's nothing wrong with it. I, I enjoy the New Year's festivities. I enjoy the fireworks. I enjoy the spiritual and physical situation of do-overs. You know what I mean? How many of you, when you were in a, chi- uh, a child, were playing games? You had that thing where sometimes you flubbed the ball or something happened, and then you cried out, do-overs, do-overs. I remember those days, and if you called it before anybody else said no do-overs, you made it. And so you get to try again. And so in a lot of ways, January 1 is a do-over, man. Let's just start it. Let's, you know, and then we make these promises to ourselves that we're going to lose the five or ten pounds that we gained over the last four weeks previously. Uh, all that kind of stuff and do-overs. So it just seemed like natural. Why, why, why not January? And this is what the Lord told me. He said, because January is man's thinking, but February is my timing. <laughs> now, if that won't stop you in your tracks, of course, you know, the Lord was not 
doing it as a rebuke. He was just talking to me. He understands what we go through and why we think the things we do. He doesn't ever condemn us for that. Did you know that in the Gospels that Jesus never condemned anybody for being human, having questions, or making mistakes? He only rebuked people for not believing. So, we believe. We believe. He said, January is man's thinking, but February is my timing. So, in other words, enough said. There's a reason he has it, and that's it. And then he reminded me of Proverbs 3, 5, which said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And then again in Isaiah 55, 9, he reminded me, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So it was his way of just nudging me and saying, I know what I'm doing. Of course, I never questioned that. I just wanted to know why. Why not January 1? Man, we're all primed. We're ready. You know, it's like the racehorse at the gate. Well, it's God's timing. There's a reason. And then the Lord said this. He said, do what is necessary now in your daily affairs by following the Holy Spirit's leading. But the spiritual punch that I'm talking about will begin in February. And I jotted that down on my notes. Got it all typed up. So, follow the Spirit. And you know, there's, there's usually, there's not, it's not like at the stroke of midnight on the last day of January that all of a sudden, boom, everything's going to explode. Uh, but he was using earthly times to get across to me that this is the beginning. And I, so I think that we're really edging into it, even right now. And then it'll come, it'll crescendo, and then we'll flow and work through. But I got the vast impression that it was February on. It just, there's something significant about it. Um, so I ask him question number two. What is the launch for? What's it about? He said it was to break something and reveal something. He said it was to break the death grip of spiritual idolatry that's on humanity. And when he said that, it was interesting to me from this context, idolatry. The Lord's been talking to me about that over the last month or two, about spiritual idolatry. See, I, I expected in my own thinking that he would say something like, you know, we're going we're gonna to break that spiritual death grip, first of all. That was something else that caught my attention. I pay attention to the wording that the Lord gives me because he has his reasons and they say something to me. Um, but about, you know, the devil or demons or other things. But I, idolatry. 
And so the inference there is, like I've shared with you before, is that Paul told the Gentiles in the early church that before they were born again, they used to serve and sacrifice idols. And then he made this statement. And he said, you were sacrificing to demons. In other words, that demons are the spirit, spiritual life and the influence and the temptation behind the wooden or the stone idols. And so that became very clear to me because I had had a vision a while back where it was a lion's army vision where the Lord took me into the spirit and there I was looking down over this area where there was the lion of Judah, Jesus himself. That was there. I heard the lion roar, and that's what caught my attention. I stopped because I was praying, and then the Lord sucked me in, and he showed me the lion of Judah roaring. But as he was roaring, again, like several preceding visions that I had, the roar that came out of his mouth also had words. And the words were, you have lost, we have won. In front of the lion was the righteous army. Talking about born-again believers like you and I. And, and, and I struggle at, even to this day. I'm just being transparent as to whether that's the whole body of Christ or just the warriors. I, I have a feeling that it is just the warriors, but the Lord hasn't really defined that for me up to this point. And, and I want him to. He will in his good time. But the warriors, and the warriors, the sound of the roar and the words came into the back of the war warriors, and they simultaneously said, you have lost, we have won. And as they did, the words came out of their mouth, they came out in vibrations, and I could see the vibrations, and, and it was in multiple ways, it was going, uh, it was kind of a 3D effect, they were, they were going up and down, but they were also going as a circle out, like if you dropped a pebble in water. And as it went forward, then there in front of the righteous army were a bunch of idols. And I don't know how many, just numerous idols. Some were made of, of wood and wood carving. Some were made of stone. Some were made of gold and other materials. But what was interesting is those are all inanimate materials and there's no life and power. But on the face of every one of those idols, there was a spirit. And all the stuff that I've been telling you about, this is all going through my mind as I'm watching this unfold before me. And I knew that they were spirits, but I knew, and I can't remember if it was an angel, so it was brought to my awareness that these were old spirits that controlled nations throughout history and those spirits said that they came back to control our nations today 
One of them was Jezebel. And then there were others. The Lord hasn't released me to say. I've seen a couple of them that uh, I find very interesting. And maybe in the future I can tell you about that. But it'll suffice at this point to just say those were demons attempting to take over. That's why I think it's part of this whole preparation for launch. Because God is going to do something through his church. We are up for the challenge. Absolutely we are up for the challenge. How in the world could we not be? I mean, aren't we filled with God? I mean, you think about that. God. God and the devil. In a lot of people's minds, it's kind of like equal. There's God over here on this side, and there's the devil over here on this side. What? This is God. The devil, at his best, was nothing more than a created angel. God's going to squash him like a bug. Through the church. As he is put under our feet. Daily. But the problem is, it has to be all within the timetables that have been put forth on the earth. Because God gave dominion to Adam. Adam sinned, Adam and Eve. And gave the dominion to the usurper, Satan. That's why he is called the prince of the power of the air. Why he is called the God of this world. The world is not the earth because God still owns the earth. The scripture declares the word world, aeon, is, the, is a word that means age. During this age, Satan controls a lot of humanity through what Paul described as this present evil age. Meaning the entire mass and system of worldly thought that is devoid of the revelation and the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's in there. I'm telling you, you know what I'm talking about. It's all those that deny all the atheism and the communism and the socialism and the secularism and all the other isms and world religions and everything that are antichrist. All of that mess is this present evil age. Satan is the god of that. We are lights in darkness. We are salt to preserve the earth. We have come to fulfill and to release heaven's purposes into this earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Praise God. And so all of that is going through my mind here. He said it he was going to break the death grip of idolatry, that darkness, that lawlessness. It's a spirit of lawlessness. Lawlessness is spiritual lawlessness. If you don't follow God, you're spiritually lawless. You don't have the law of God in your heart. But that spiritual death of lawlessness will produce the kind of evil and wickedness and violence and decay and sin and everything that you see in the world. So he said he's come to break that. And I know, 
I, I, as I stand here and share these things with you, I understand that he was not telling me, and it's not our job to remove all evil from the earth at this time. You can't. But it is our job to obey the Lord and to confront it, deal with it, and paralyze it in our lives and in those situations like as in our country. Stand up and don't allow it. We are in a war. Rise to the challenge. He also said that it was to break the doctrine of demons. That was a second point. Break the doctrine of demons. Now, this, just what the Lord is telling me in this encounter. And, of course, doctrine of demons you find in the Bible, and, and, uh, but the application of it so much in, in society, as you heard me talk in America, and I think it's going on in all other nations, too, in, in various forms. But um, what I call the high places of Jezebel. Jezebel is the leader of a church. She has a doctrine, she has followers, she has prophets. And those specific high places, remember throughout the Bible, I'm doing a lot of explaining today, but I think it's because I want people to really succinctly hear what I'm saying without misunderstanding. And I want people to misquote me or assume anything else. In the Bible, the practice was that when people would serve, whether it's Jehovah, the true God, or any other idol, that they would look for the high places, the highest place around, an elevated position, a mountain. And on the top of it, that they would build an altar. And those high places in America are government, Judiciary, education, media, and entertainment. Those are the five main ones. Now, you can go over, um, and uh, if you listen to other teachers that talk about the seven mountains of influence, things like uh, the, the family and the body of Christ and stuff is... It added in there, and there's been a lot of influence brought into the liberal side of the body of Christ. But I want to stay with those five. Because that's where Jezebel has built her high places or her altars, and she has prophets that are spewing her doctrine. And those doctrine of demons, God says we're coming against them this year. It's not like he has it. Do you, do you understand where, when I make those statements? It's not like we haven't been fighting against them or that God didn't care about them before. We have been. He just said, now realize I'm breaking this. I'm using you to break this. And then the next area, he said, is to break the gates of hell, which is a reference for the authority of hell. So, God's breaking all these things. We're launching into that. It's going to be a new time. Then he also said to reveal himself to a ravaged world. 
Again, interesting terminology for me. He said a ravaged world, ravaged in so many different ways, so much turmoil in the earth. And he said to reveal himself to a ravaged world so that he would kiss the souls of those who do not know his love so they will be healed and saved. God said he wanted to kiss the souls of those who did not know his love. To heal them and to save them. Those that will respond. Great revival, the greatest revival and spiritual awakening this planet has ever seen. You just watch it. I guarantee it. And he said, and to protect and to bless his children who have been so faithful. A protective promise. A blessing promise. So then I went to question number three. I said, Lord, who will be launched? Okay, question number one. Is why launch in February, not January? He answered all that. What is the launch for? He answered all that. So I said, who then will be launched? And he said, the saints and the angels. Again, the terminology for saints, the saints. He could have said believers. He could have said army of God or anything else. But the word saints is the Greek term hagios. It's the same word for holiness in the New Testament. To be holy. Saints are the holy ones of God. The saints of God are not people that a specific church organization or institution has set up and named and said that saint so and so. In the Bible all believers are saints. Because all the believers are holy. What makes you holy? Because you receive the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit, into you. And when you are saved, you become holy. That's why in Romans 6, 7, and 8, long through there, you find that Paul talks so much that now that you have become righteous, lend your members to righteousness. Now that you have become holy, now lend your members or operate in holiness. So holiness is a fact. But here's the problem that I have with holiness teaching. It's because uh, I grew up in an era where in uh, a lot of even, well, I would say in Pentecostalism, mainline Pentecostalism, as well as some of the non-spirit-filled groups, taught holy, holiness from a perspective of physical works. Uh, and so when C.K. and I came in, we got spirit-filled. We were raised in non-spirit-filled denominations. And then just shortly after we married, uh, we received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so we started going to um, spirit-filled churches. And at that point, it was right at the beginning or, or in the midst of the charismatic movement, the Jesus people movement had just started. And so a lot of those, but there weren't hardly any church. There were none of those churches in, in our city. So we had to go to the place that, that did 
allow for any kind of charismatic experience, and that was mostly the Pentecostal churches. They were the only kind around. And, and, I, and we loved them, uh, and they were good people. But boy, we sure got a dose of a whole lot of clothesline holiness teaching. I mean, here we were just so excited. We, and, and we got our friends. We got a whole bunch of our friends saved and invited them to church. And this one specific friend, she came to church wearing blue jeans and a T-shirt, which pretty much is what we did. I remember um, that when we first started attending this church, that uh, CK came in with a T-shirt, blue jeans and a T-shirt on that had a picture of Jesus, and it said, my friend. And the first thing they did is drag her to the altar and try to get her saved. But our friend came, similarly dressed, and they met her at the door and turned her away and said if she wanted to come in, she had to go home and put on a dress to be holy to the Lord. Take that nail polish off and be holy before God. Well, she's already holy. She was already saved. Do you understand where I'm going with this? So yes, we walk out from the inside out our salvation. But we do not become holy because the outside in we do something to try to trick God into thinking that we're the bee's knees. Holiness. So he said, the saints, the saints, the holy ones, the ones that are born again, the righteous army, the prophetic eagles, those who are remnant, those who are ready and will hear his voice. And then he said, the angels, the saints and the angels. The angels are with us. The angels are hearkening unto the word of God, whether it comes out of his mouth or whether it comes out of our mouth. And every time we come into alignment with God and with all that he is and his holiness, and again, I'm talking about spiritually, get the physical idea out of your brain or you'll miss the whole thing. There's somebody out there that'll say, well, I don't have a suit to wear to church, wear to church so I can't be holy. No, that is not right. Go in cutoffs if you have to. Mark will sit beside you. He wears shorts all the time. <laughs> Sometimes. We live in Las Vegas. Flip-flops. <laughs> the whole thing. We don't, we don't care. Of course, today was cold. Wasn't it cold last night? We got down to like, what, 24 degrees? Wow. I woke up this morning and thought I was back in Oregon. Except I think they have it worse. But at any rate. <laughs> Let's get back on subject. Um... It's a, we are holy, sanctified, set apart for God. And let's get ready for the business. So here I stand before you. I want to let you know that I'm going to do a second part of this in a few weeks. As we get closer to the end of January. 
I do not know everything that the Lord has in store, what he has planned. I know the time frame. I know the spiritual principles that he spoke to me that I've just relayed to you. And I know that today is to say, get ready. As Joshua said in three days, we're going. As I say, within the next 30 days, we're going. Because God is doing something. We'll see what unfolds. How it unfolds. But I know in my heart of hearts what the Lord said. And I know that you believe me. So get ready. Prepare for the launch. Prepare for the launch. Prepare for the launch. No one can stand against the living God. And the living God is living inside of you. And you will run with the vision. And you will gloriously take the rainbow glory of his presence. And you shall run across the countryside. And you shall run into the cities. You shall run where every person lives. And you shall take the glory of God. And it will break the darkness. It will break the idolatry. It will break the doctrine of demons and the gates of hell. And it will break the control off of your nations. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now say this with me. Jesus, I receive it now. I prepare for the launch. I prepare for what you have in store for me and my nation. I prepare for the launch in Jesus' name. Amen. God is preparing to do something majestic, mighty, powerful. I think it's going to be in the spiritual realm predominantly, but I don't really know what all the manifestations will be. I just know that God has called us to that place to get ready for launch. So I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him to be yours, that God will pull you into a place of intimacy whereby the breath of the Holy Spirit will impart unto you wisdom concerning your life, concerning the assignments he has placed upon you, the destiny that he has for you. And I pray for you, for your strength, for your health, for your finances, for your family, 
that God would keep his sure word unto you and that you would find covenant fulfillment in your life in Jesus' blessed name. Join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, walk in your spiritual authority.